everybody, and welcome to Wii Universe. We are the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Wii U catalog. And this week, the Wheel of Lady Fortune has stopped upon Call of Duty. I don't know, I couldn't think of a better way to say yeah, that. Yeah, famed... Normal fate. way to say it. Yeah, fame, normal way to say it, Lady Fortune. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm Lady Fortune Steve Guntley. Hello, I'm America's finest Woody Siskowski. <laughs> Wouldn't it... I mean, it's a sad notion that, you know, I, I just feel weird playing these games. Like, yeah. We, we, I feel like you and I are so antithetical to the troops. And, yeah. like, it's just you funny You should to, not support us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got to send people into a war zone. Who has, like, real experience? Well, these guys yeah. played Call of Duty a couple times. Send them in. And then you and I just kind of cowering in the corner. I think, yeah. at most, they would strap us to the outside of vehicles as, like, armor <laughs> so that they don't oh, like, paint. Bl- blood bags to, yeah. like, fuel the actual soldiers? Basically, yeah. They'll yeah. they'll spray spray paint on their teeth and then charge into a, a tornado. That's how war is really like, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Assume. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Every single one of them. Uh, hi, Steve and I are driven oh. by weakness and fear. We are. Which is we why are. we come to you from the All ninth- podcasts are. It's I don't care true. what they say. Yeah, It's why we, we only share in an audio medium. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Uh, before we get started talking about the two games today, which are Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and Call of Duty Ghosts, uh, what else are you playing right now? Well, I tend to go, I feel like I go in phases. Yeah. I have video game phases and I have movie phases. And right now it's been a movie phase. I've been um, in a movie phase too. Yeah. So uh, last time you checked in, I was fighting my way through the higher cups in Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to report I now have Gold Mario, mm-hmm. um, which you get by beating gold, getting gold on all of the 200 cart class um, things. Nice work. Yeah, thank you. Um, he is fundamentally the same as Metal Mario, except he's gold. Yeah. And very weirdly in that game, uh, Metal Mario, not a heavy character, a medium character the same as Mario. Interesting. Which is very odd. My only, because uh, the one thing I know about metal is that it's heavy. That is also heavy. my I've understanding. I've read a magazine about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, it, did this magazine have boobs in it, per There chance? were one or two boobs clad in some kind of dragon scale. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So. Um, and the other thing that's weird about Mario Kart that I had never noticed before, when you play in the Grand Prix modes, the person who got first in the previous race starts in the front. Like, yeah. of the next one starting. It seems mm-hmm. like it should be the other way around. Yeah, like, for a so. series that really works to kind of, like, have slingshot mechanics and try to even the odds, you'd think they put the person in first, start them in eighth. Yeah, I never really understood that mechanic, but I guess that's, like, your reward for doing well the first time, yeah, but I guess, you know. A good job is its own reward, Steve. It should be. It should be. But, you know, thanks, Obama. Sure. Uh, um, I, I too, have been kind of a movie phase, so I haven't really been playing very many, like, full, long games. But I have been getting into Nintendo Switch Online a little bit, digging through that. And I'm playing two games that I know are Woody Siskowski approved, yep. and I don't think I've ever played them. One of them is Dynamite Heady yep. for the Sega Genesis, uh, a very frenetic, uh, chaotic treasure uh, developed action game that I am convinced is not beatable without save states. Okay. Are you, have I, you beaten it? I have, I have backstory for you. Okay. Please. Cause you, you're playing the Western version. So yes. the answer is yes, it is not beatable without save states. Okay. Cause, cause you essentially get no extra lives in that game. You, you get just no die extra once lives. and you're out. And there is a boss like that you get, even if you get to like six levels deep, there's a boss that has an unblockable attack. Yeah. And the only way to get around it is to rewind your save state and hope that you can do more damage and like interrupt wow. the attack. Okay. So, the backstory of this game, similar to Contra Hardcore, another excellent frenetic Sega Genesis mm-hmm. game. This game was released in Japan 
with um I believe you have like a bunch of lives, a bunch of continues, you could take multiple hits. Yeah. And then when it got ported to the US, they took out like a whole bunch the reason that game is so nonsensical. I mean, it's already a crazy game, but it's like nuts. if you There's play so it much stuff. in so the version I played was an English translated version of the Japanese version, uh-huh. which you get some more backstory there. Whereas the um, American version cuts all of the cutscenes and dialogue out, okay, so you really don't know what's going on, yeah, and no you only, you get one life and zero continues. Yeah, there's yeah yeah. So it's the insane. game the game is the way to play that game, which is a great Sega Genesis game, is to play the English translated version of the Japanese game. Okay, and it's a shame that when they brought it to Switch Online, that was not they don't give you that option. Yeah, because that is a a beautiful, cool game, but is lots of stuff to offer. But yeah, yeah it but is, it is unbeatable uh, in its American form. It is form. so crazy hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other game I'm playing is Earthworm Jim Two, which Ooh, just popped yeah. up. The Super NES port just popped up on Switch Online. Uh, I've never played this one all the way through to the end, so um, I'm enjoying it. Earthworm I love that game. Yeah, it's, yeah, that game is one of my all time favorite. The the level where you swim around in a cave and the Moonlight Sonata is in the background oh, yeah. was just infinite pleasure for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I like it. That game is just 100% my sense of humor. Absolutely. Even though it's creator's an asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did recently learn that he's completely divested himself from anything having to do with Earthworm Jim. Oh, so, so we can enjoy it. You can enjoy Earthworm Jim. He doesn't get a penny off of it anymore. So yeah. uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, the one other thing I wanted to say is that I I thought I had played Dynamite Heady before, and I realized I had it confused with Decapitat. Yeah, of course you one did. One of the two games that involves throwing your head at people on the <laughs> Sega Genesis. Genesis. So, also easy to get confused with Kid Chameleon, a hat-based game. Yeah, a hat-based game that has you throwing stuff that comes back boomerang yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's speak about uh, some other games in which heads roll. Uh, yeah, let's talk that's about true. the Call of Duty series. Now, Cod Blops. Th- I, I I did not put that acronym together until you mentioned it a little while ago, oh, and sure. now it's like my favorite word. Yeah, I love Cod, Cod Blops. Blops. Cod Blops. <laughs> uh, so Call of Duty has kind of defined the last <laughs> 20 years of gaming almost like i don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's like, always uh, weird when you and i find ourselves in this situation of like okay here's the most popular thing on earth we don't really know that much about it but we're going to talk about it now for yeah, an hour yeah like, you know it's it's yeah what's your experience with call of duty i remember having a like maybe my roommate had it or something and like mm-hmm. he was out and I'm just like, yeah, I'll try this. This is the classic roommate game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I played online and just, you know, you just kind of realize in the short term that the main gimmick was this game is you die really fast yeah. when you play online. And I spent some time running around dying really fast. And then I went back to playing single player games. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was my experience. That's kind of my thing too. And I, I found uh, like my friends would make fun of me that I would pick up the new Call of Duty and just play the campaign, yeah. which is like a three percent of the content that's on that disc, right. you know. But I'm like, you know, I just I by the time I get to the multiplayer, people have already been playing it for so long that they're infinitely better than me, and I you can't catch up. You just can't catch up unless you're willing to really devote a lot of time to it. Yeah, multiplayer is so odd in games like this because it's very difficult for me to ever feel like I'm having fun. Yeah. Like, I understand why people get so incredibly into these games and into the multiplayer because mm-hmm. it's it's a very addictive formula of like, yeah. this is going to move super fast mm-hmm. and it's thrilling when you get a kill and you'll you'll die, but you'll be right back in it. And so you're just always searching for that next kill. But there's never, 
I don't know. It's like it does feel kind of necessary to be at least decent at the game to have a good time. Yeah, I always feel bit. like I just it's the same way I play Fortnite. I just run around for a little bit and then get sniped and die and go, I could try again or I could stop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a series that like I, I've I've enjoyed the games in it that I've played, but I've never felt the need to uh, catch them all, so to speak. You sure. Know, I've never felt the need to spend money on a new Call of Duty every year. It's like maybe every six or ten years yeah you know? just like when that itch sort of pops up again i'm like you know what i want something fast i want something kind of dumb i want something i can just uh, sort of tune out and enjoy and these are a good fit for that but, it's also uh, the correct way to play pokemon yeah like if you skip a generation if you play like a, a generation of pokemon right when you played the last one you're like oh more of this yeah, i'm so yeah. sick of this but if you skip a generation you're like this is the greatest game i've ever it's played so fresh look at <laughs> yeah. how much advanced it is yeah exactly. it's great um, so it's kind of hard to imagine, but uh, when Call of Duty debuted in 2003, it was sort of the underdog. It was the it was the scrappy upstart because uh, Medal of Honor was way back in the 90s, right? Yeah, like Medal of Honor 90s? started in 99. Okay. Uh, and that was kind of the dominant like World War Two shooter series, you know, and this was the time when because of the success of Medal of Honor, we started getting a lot of World War II games. Like we, right. uh, the okay. early 2000s especially, there was just a glut of them. We had like Brothers in Arms and uh, uh, what was the other one? God, there were, there were like three or four different ones. But the Sniper Elite, of course, okay. was like a big World War II game. Yeah, it was just a genre I just closed my brain off to. Though I did uh, I did like the Brothers in Arms games a lot. Yeah, this, and this I, I liked base. some of the Medal of Honors. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're very solid. Uh, so this game was the original game was developed by Infinity Ward and published by Activision, and it was a World War II shooter that was kind of looking to grab a piece of the Medal of Honor market. So this would have been on PS2 that that generation. I believe or? so. I think it was a PC game to start okay. with, uh, but yeah, I think it did eventually go to PS2. Uh, yeah, so there are already so many of them, but either way, uh, this game was a hit. It moved about 4.5 million copies uh, when it first came out, and. You know, looking back on it now, like that original game is not particularly groundbreaking, as I would argue that none of the Call of Duties are particularly ground. Some, well, I would some, argue, some modern warfare. The original Modern Warfare is in its multiplayer innovations. Yeah, because it's a game that is. I mean, we'll get to it, but like that game's big innovation is putting like progression and customization into an online shooter. Yeah, which is when you think, like I mentioned, Fortnite earlier is essentially like the most one of the most important innovations kind that of. people have done because yeah, it allows like deal. oh we can just like customization is enough to just keep people coming back yeah yeah uh, so the next two call of duty games would sell a little bit more each time and they call of duty 2 and 3 were both in uh world war 2 as well the early 2000s were definitely like first person shooters becoming the dominant genre that they yes. that they are now like yeah. like maybe like those Unreal games like Quake Arena yeah, yeah exactly yeah. where it's like okay we finally have internet speeds that make this playable and we figured out a control scheme that can work for uh, yeah. first person shooters when did Halo go online was that with the first game or no it was, was the second one it was which second, is maybe like okay. two thousand four yeah something like and that. that was like consoles consoles are up to it now yeah yeah and that was yeah the xbox was the only one that was kind of capable of doing it out of the box i believe it was yeah it was a lot of effort on a playstation so 
already the series has kind of become an annual release, you know, okay. which is uh, uh, right pretty pretty early on. They're kind of capitalizing I mean, on that. But. that. But that's very true of Activision in general. Like, yeah. There's one thing that we've learned. When Activision finds a thing that makes money, they, they squeeze. They oh, sue, yeah. 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 They, just, they just get all those sweet, sweet drippings out into their <laughs> little pot and... Uh, the next game up. was called Call of Duty Drippings, oh, uh, yeah. which was uh, well, a very popular one. No, uh, I, th- I think by the time Part 3 came out, people will a- were already starting to get over the World War II motif. There right. was just kind of too many. And so they wanted to mix it up and try something fresh, and that was where Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare comes in. That came out in 2007, and it was kind of exactly the shot in the arm the series needed. It moved the action from World War II to modern day, makes the story feel a little bit more impactful, a little more relevant, and it allowed for use of new weapons, new tactics, new storytelling devices. And I feel like the weapons is a huge deal in the sense with World War II, you know, all the guns are just kind of like, all right, is this a pistol or a shotgun or a rifle? Like everything kind of fires in the same general feel and mechanic. And then when you have modern warfare, you can like, all right, we're going to extend this to all kinds of like, weird designs and customizations is like this is an explosive bow you have like you know rocket control grenades yeah all, all kinds of stuff yeah i i played the first modern warfare that was this was my first call of duty game this would have been ps3 right uh ps3 yeah yeah, yeah. and i think it, i think i still have it i don't remember if i do but uh well it, i'm sure it was, go go to I your can, local anywhere and look in a puddle and yeah. you can find it pretty much yeah yeah they're they're lining uh, uh buildings with it now yeah exactly point, when, yeah. When, when rivers start to flood up they're like quick <laughs> line the walls with call of duty modern warfare cartridge give them to the boxes. beavers they yeah. will know what to do exactly don't homeless shelters have just been inundated <laughs> with modern Modern warfare boxes. <laughs> I can't sleep on. I can't weave clothing out of this. No, no, barely at all. But I mean, I remember, you know, this kind of military shooter just has never really been my bag. I think yeah. it's lots of like uh, people talking to each other in their last names, lots of jargon, lots of uh, flank him over here. Yeah. Oh, Charlie's incoming. Blah, blah, blah. So this game like wasn't really doing it for me. I was kind of enjoying it. And then about midway through this game, there's a major kind of dramatic turning point where the character you've been playing as is killed in a nuclear explosion. Wow. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. Okay. This game's kind of rad. Like (laughs) this, this game has some stuff going on for it. Like, and uh, it it takes on a whole different tenor from there. Do you like reawaken as a mutant and you have like a third arm that you can use to grab people like the darkness? That would be awesome. Actually. No, you just switch to a different character, but there's a great set piece in uh, uh, like a, a, amusement park that's been kind of like destroyed and you have to stay low and stealthy in the grass while these troops are like basically walking over you. So is that game based on any real events? No, I don't think so. Some of it takes place, uh, kind of sensitive to talk about, but some of it takes place in the Ukraine, like Mm -hmm. near Chernobyl. Uh, So I think there is some crossover. Uh, But yeah, I mean, either way, this game was a huge hit. This was uh, 13 million copies. It became the best-selling game of that year. And it sort of drove anticipation for this series kind of through the roof. The next yeah. game was World at War, which went back to World War II. And it was well-received. It wasn't as popular. I think the biggest thing people took out of that game was the zombies mode, okay. which uh, would become a staple from here on out. But but that game wasn't quite as big. Then we come to 2009 with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And upon release, Modern Warfare 2 became the largest ever launch of any entertainment property across any medium. That means $310 million on its first day 
And that's you, just in the U.S. and U.K. For context, that is the entire domestic run of Return of the Jedi in a day. Okay. That's wow. crazy. Do we know what it beat out? I was don't it? know what was the top before. It probably that. wasn't a video game. It was Titanic. Was it? That was oh, it. It was Titanic. Yeah, okay. yeah. That was uh, one of the best selling media properties ever. And this sold almost more, like half of Titanic's run on day one. Okay. That's nuts. Uh, and so th- that was a pretty astonishing record. And the series would top it for the next three games. So the okay. next three games in this series for the next three years would be the best selling media property ever. And then Call of uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five came out in 2013, and that kind of stole the record probably forever. Okay. Like that game was huge until Grand Theft Auto Six comes out, but which will be never. It'll come out the same time Winds of Winter comes out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George R. R. Martin's working on both of these. <laughs> um, ooh, I do want a, a Grand Theft Auto style game in like a uh, Westeros kind of standing. That'd be cool. Never mind. That, that probably exists. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of Elden Ring? No, I guess I, not. Uh, no. Kind of, no. sort of. Yeah, yeah, either way. Somebody get on it or <laughs> point out that it's been made already. Uh, so, yeah, Call of Duty was not just the biggest shooter franchise. It was now the best-selling video game series in the world, like okay. instantly. And now people were really taking it seriously. Now, Call, Call of Duty 2 or Modern Warfare 2 spawned a ton of controversy. I think the I level think to talk this. about is the airport level in the beginning. Yeah. Your character is embedded with, like, these Chechen rebels, and you are partaking in a terrorist attack on an airport which is a really really shocking and upsetting scene that the game allows you to skip oh. uh, which is an interesting mechanic that i've never seen in a game before it, it basically says there's a, a warning screen pops up it says the following uh stage has really graphic content that may be disturbing you can choose to skip this and when i played it i did do it i went yeah. through the airport i just didn't shoot anybody Oh, and they uh, let you do that? They so let you do that. it's more of just a cutscene. It's more of a cutscene because your character that you're controlling dies at the end of that level. Because okay. the, the Now, do you know if that are. was in there from the release of the game, or was it something that got added I, as a response to the controversy, like in a patch? I don't think it was a patch, but I think it was added after playtesting. Okay. Uh, I think some people were worried about, like, parents groups complaining well, about that. Let's talk about that a little bit in the sense that I... I'm never hugely drawn to these type of games no. um, because I always find that to be a little off-putting. Yeah. I have trouble where you're sort of, I mean, I'm not going to take like the high moral ground here in the sense that I've played, you know, I played tons of violent games and usually happily seek them out sure. um, and revel in that violence. But here, like when you're using real weapons in like, real world scenarios or especially call of duty black ops which we played um like historical figures yeah Yeah, real wars and historical figures i just i have trouble sort of reveling in it like finding joy and excitement in it yeah and i'm not it's tricky because i don't think that this game is being like yeah yeah go like america like no i think that it's okay on that but it's also not it's not like particularly dark and somber about it either. Like, well, that's the the conflict that you get. I think with I think Modern Warfare Two gets the balance better than any other game in the series. I think Modern Warfare Two is kind of a low key masterpiece mm-hmm. for what it's trying to do. Uh, but the story is very serious, is very somber, isn't glorifying the violence you have to partake in. Mm. But then the multiplayer mode, one hundred percent, all about it. More violence, <laughs> yeah. more gore, bring it on. So. 
you get that kind of disparity. Uh, it, it's that, just it's a very kind of built into video games. Yeah, in it is a very tricky thing of how can you make a game that's fun to play and yeah. exciting that doesn't actually just celebrate like real world atrocities. Exactly. So it, it it's a balance, and a lot of modern warfare did use a lot of like fictional countries, fictional people. You know, not really. Yeah, in in the two and, games that yeah. we talk that we're going to talk about today, like they take different approaches. They do, and Each I think I I prefer Ghost's approach. Yeah, um, but you know, so the series has gone on. Uh, there have been uh, eighteen main series entries in nineteen years, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. The most recent was just last year, uh, Vanguard. I think it brings it back to World War Two. Uh, but it's yeah, like, I didn't even have... know this game existed and it probably sold like 10 million copies. Oh, I'm sure it was yeah. huge, but like they've, uh, the series is kind of fractured off into multiple sub series like modern warfare is a series. Black ops is a series. Ghosts is its own thing. Advanced warfare is its own thing. There's not real. I mean, I think that modern warfare right in this time that we're talking about was able to be so, so huge because I didn't feel like there were a lot of other like huge shooter franchises going like online obviously there was yeah. halo yeah which was a pretty big deal but that only would have been on the xbox and, and it, there were a lot of there were a lot of games that were trying for this market and i i think to their credit they figured out the online thing faster and a little better than the competition you know they really put some effort into it and it was a smart move that was kind of where gaming was going I and mean, yeah and whereas now it feels like there are so many like huge online games that you can get into you know overwatch or yeah. if maybe you're into like league of legends tower defense all of which clive barker's jericho yeah yeah all of which this stuff would have uh <clears throat> predated with yes. um this college so it really it, it hit that sweet spot where people were ready to play a ton of online games yeah, but yeah. like all the options weren't quite out there yet no not quite uh, overall, with more than 400 million games sold, this series is the best-selling first-person shooter franchise ever. It is the third best-selling video game franchise of all time, behind only Mario and Tetris, and it is the number one best-selling American-developed game series ever. Uh, uh, wait, what was it behind? It was behind Mario and Tetris. So Mario's still number one, huh? Mario's still number one if you combine Super Mario with the other spin-off Mario games. So uh, that would include Smash Brothers, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart, things like that. So okay. that would still put it at number one. And Grand Theft Auto has individual games that sold a bunch, but not a ton. There just That's hasn't been thing. enough games in that series. Grand Theft Auto V is the second best-selling game ever made, but uh, there are only five games plus okay. a couple of spin-offs that in that makes series. Sense. So yeah, it goes a little It's smaller. also weird to think that Tetris has sold that many copies. Tetris was insane and it's yeah. on everything so yeah. like you have to inc incorporate all of that um but yeah i mean i i think the biggest complaint about this series now is just that it's been you know it's an annual release and so it's kind of hard to draw up excitement for another new call of duty game every year especially because the common complaint is that these games are pretty samey uh yeah. even with the mixing up of the plots and the storylines and the time periods it does feel like fundamentally the same game across the board but it's you know so, i mean speaking of activision and i think Neversoft worked on this game too it's yeah, yeah. uh the same thing we talked about when we talked about tony hawk on the patreon episodes is that they're kind of stuck in a situation here of that no matter what they do people are going to complain yeah because i mean they clearly figured out a formula that works and so if you change it too much the people who really love the formula will be mad yeah and if you don't, you know, if you make just small incremental changes, the people will say, oh, it's just all the same. And they'll get bored, yeah. Yeah, and they get bored. And, you know, so really the 
the secret to not having this complaint is to space out your releases, but there's clearly still plenty of people there's who will buy these made. games. There's so, money to be made, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's start with our first game, and that is Call of Duty Black Ops 2, a.k.a. Cod Blops the Deuce. <laughs> uh, this was released November 18th, 2012, making it a launch game. It was developed it's a new, by... It's a new Rob Schneider movie. It's Cod Blops the Deuce. <laughs> Cod Blops the Deuce. Uh, it was developed by Treyarch and public, bu- published by Activision. It was also released on PS3, 360, and Windows. Before we go further, is it Treyarch or Treyarch? What do you think? Is there an H in it? There's an H in it. It's got to be Treyarch, though, right? It could be the French pronunciation. Treyarch. The, the, arc, the, the Treyarch, the Triumph. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the first Black Ops game was the seventh overall game in the series and the first one to follow up on the juggernaut hit that was Modern Warfare 2. It was actually a sequel to World at War, which was uh, called one of the World War II throwbacks, and it establishes characters and storylines that will be carried out throughout the series. Black Ops actually managed to beat the record for one-day sales set by its predecessor, uh, uh, becoming the new best-selling property of all time uh, for a year. (laughs) Until the next one (laughs) Until the next one. Uh, The game between those, Modern Warfare 3, did it again, and then Cod Blops 2, our game today, was the last game in the franchise to hit that record before Grand Theft Auto V got it. So this game... And does Grand Theft Auto V still hold that title? It does still hold that title. Yeah, absolutely. It has not been touched in 10 years. So this game, very briefly, for one year, was the best-selling thing of all time. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, but now it kind of fell to the, uh, third best-selling game in the franchise overall behind Modern Warfare 3 and the first Cod Blops. So the story of this series is, uh, uh, in the first one took place in the 1960s at the height of the Cold War. And so you play as a guy named Alex Mason, played by international superstar and famous piece of wood, Sam Worthington. <laughs> uh, Mason is a former Marine captain who is currently working as an operative for a secret, uh, CIA agency. Uh, that specializes in, get this, Black Ops. That makes sense. More properly named. So this game moves the action forward to 1986. Uh, So Mason is now retired. He's living with his son in Alaska, and he seems like he's kind of a dick. (laughs) Uh, And he's approached by his former handlers to go back for one last mission, this time to save his old buddy, during uh, the Angolan Civil War. Uh, so we get to learn a little bit about Angolan Civil War today. Yeah, A, yeah. a little bit. Very little bit. <laughs> it's, we learned that there were a bunch of guys yeah, shooting at each other. and they're shooting each other, and it, they're kind of like on a safari. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of branching paths and multiple different endings, because half of the action takes place in 1986, and then the other half jumps forward to 2025, where you're playing as David Mason, his son, who's now all grown up and is hunting down a terrorist leader named Raul Mendez, who is uh, kind of the bad guy branching both time periods. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, lots of different things to unpack here. And uh, as befitting its new status, this game is overflowing with huge celebrity voice actors. We have Sam Worthington, who is then just post avatar and was kind of as it's, big as he was ever. It's interesting get. to think that he was a part of the two most popular things nuts. in history at the time. And it's now nuts. like neither of us could remember his name. No. When you're like the guy from avatar. Yeah. You said Joel Edgerton. And it's well, like, cause yeah, I just, yeah. it, I knew it. I was trying to think of names that exist on the periphery of my mind yeah, of actors, yeah, yeah. and that's where Joel Edgerton is just sort of slightly pushing out Sam Worthington. He's, he's better. Like, yeah, he's better, I think. Yeah, it's weird. We were all in on Worthington for a little bit. He proved to be unworthington. <laughs> he was. He was. Until Avatar 2, of yeah, course, when everybody's right. going to fall in love with him again. 
Hypercube. Uh, but in, Avatar in, 2 Hypercube. <laughs> in addition to Worthington, there's Gary Oldman, Oscar winner, Michael Keaton, Oscar nominee, Michael Rooker, Tony Todd. Uh, and the Zombies minigame has its own story and voice cast as well. And that one has Ray Liotta. It has Michael Madsen. It has Chaz Palminteri. It has Joe Pantoliano. It's got... So, yeah. you keep naming names. And my question is, why? I know yeah. that, like... This game is huge, and they're like, all right, we can have any budget and do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. But why hire Michael Keaton? Like, they don't use his likeness. He is not, he doesn't look like Michael Keaton. He sounds like him, but yeah. You know, Michael Keaton, a great comic actor, a charming screen presence. Yeah. But like, here he just kind of sounds like military dude who just just kind of tells you what to do. And it's like, why spend that money? Is somebody really. Someone who's really excited about Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is like, <gasps> the original, like, the Tim yeah. Burton's Batman. Like, right. So, and, and the result is that you're getting a lot of, like, top-tier voice actors who are just kind of, like, wooden. You know, they're, yeah. they're just kind of saying their lines in a vacuum because they don't really know the full story. Like, nobody feels invested here. I'm sure they all got paid really well. Yeah, but, like, uh, just hire voice actors who are going to really, like, give it their all who are not famous people because, like... Why do you need not, it for this story? We're not going to tell. And I think or like someone with a really, really distinct voice to be like, you know, your Nick Nolte type or something. Yeah. Uh, and then there's even more like Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails wrote the main theme to this game. Uh, the, the screenplay was by David S. Goyer, who wrote the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, and some real life people figure into this game. Oliver North, the, the former colonel who was like this, uh, he was the central figure in the Iran-Contra scandal. He plays himself in this game. Super weird. Uh, yeah, and, and Manuel Noriega, the former Panamanian dictator, he appears as a character in this game, and he actually sued Activision over his portrayal as a Panamanian dictator in this Former game. Panamanian dictator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wasn't crazy about it. Uh, I that mean, case did get thrown out. That's the, that's the bizarre thing. You know that your game has really made it yeah. when you're getting sued by dictators. Yeah, yeah. I mean, story-wise, like, clearly there's a lot going on. Obviously, we didn't play the first game before jumping into this yeah, one. This it game is does weird. not make much sense. If- it does not make much sense. and it. But even, even taking that into account, it feels rushed. It feels like they're just kind of throwing us into the action as quickly as possible and not really establishing what's going on. So, like, in the opening minute, we jump back and forth between timelines, like, four times. Yeah. It's kind of a lot. Like, and then you're jumping back to 1973, and then you're and jumping you're like, ahead to 1986. Talking to this weasened old man who's like, back in my day, I kicked my kid down a tree in the snow. And then it was, un- and then like, all right, now select your loadout. Yeah. And then there was another cutscene. And then there's a guy on fire in a truck. And you're like, oh, now you're in a civil war. Which I thought was the old guy for yeah, a second. Yeah, exactly. Like, wait, it's like, wait, he, is that why he looks that way? And oh, then, no, he's just ravaged by age. And then I'm like, well, wait, are we playing as the old guy now? And you're like, no, we're playing as this other guy. And yeah. Yeah, it was it, very odd. It, it throws you into the action. Um, so I think the big thing about the Call of Duty series from a gameplay perspective is that uh, I, I think it. I think this series does everything really, really well. Yeah. I just don't think it does anything particularly unique or, or uh, something that you can't get anywhere else. You know, that's that's kind of the big 
drawback of this series? I would describe the focal point of this game, like the thing that I think is like the key word, at least for this era of Call of Duty, not that I've ever played any of the new ones, is speed. Yeah. Where there's, like you said, you get thrown in very fast. There's bullets coming from all sides. Mm -hmm. And on the regular difficulty, you die in about four shots. Yeah. And then the game, you know, then it, it also reloads very quickly from a checkpoint that's not that far away. And conversely, you can you kill enemies in about four shots. Yeah, and, and they're trying for a more realistic vibe. This isn't Halo where you have like rechargeable armor or anything like Though that. Though essentially like, you, know, you do you in the sense do. that if you take three shots and then hide behind a truck, you're like... <gasps> Your body will push You take out. a couple deep breaths and then the wounds naturally heal themselves. <laughs> but in the sense of having like an electronic shield that'll absorb some of your bullets, right. you, you'll you'll go down pretty quickly. Yes. Um, and, and so like I, I think... And just with the amount of budget and production values that this game has, there's just kind of stimulus coming at you from all sides. Yeah. Like, and the, the common complaint about the campaign modes from every game post-Modern Warfare 2 is that they're kind of perfunctory. They're really short. Like, they, the production value is there. Like, yeah. it's clear. It's I'm not implying that they don't, like, put care and money and effort into their campaign modes, but they are four to five hours long and uh they, that's that goes quicker than you even think but because you, the you, emphasis here is just so strongly on multiplayer yeah and you can't really blame them for that because no, once no. you know modern warfare hit it huge and they're like oh what keeps people coming back and because no matter how long you make the single player campaign you can't make it as long as how long people were playing the multiplayer. Exactly, you exactly. can't make a thousand-hour campaign. But that's how you're getting the absolute most value out of your game. Yeah, absolutely. most value, and that's how you can add microtransactions and you know keep people using your servers and being excited for the next game in the series. Yeah. Is sort of put these long legs on multiplayer. So it's like rather than spend the time to develop another hour worth of expensive single-player content, just add, design two more levels for multiplayer or yeah. one more weapon loadout someone can use because that will that will extend your player count and time far more. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we did actually get to play a little bit of the multiplayer for once. Usually all of these games have like multiplayer locked out because it's online only and the servers are all dead. But this one has local multiplayer, uh, which is nice. It is... And this is true about both of these games. I found it a little more confusing than you would expect it to be for a game that emphasizes multiplayer so much. Yeah. You have kind of a dizzying amount of options to work with. And so it's easy to kind of select the wrong thing. And then I have think Halo kind of, of set this precedent of yeah. just like having a not super intuitive menu. And it's that same bullshit thing where like the second player signs in as a guest. So mm -hmm. you have the same name just with like a one or a two behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Which God, that fucking sucks. I was playing, was uh, I was playing, trying to play eight player killer queen a few days ago, oh. um, which is this very good, uh, switch game. Mm -hmm. But since everyone, the, the names are all pulled from like the user profiles on the switch Every character is just Woody 1, Woody 2, Woody 3. Woody, and you're like, just let people name their own character. Why yeah. do you have to pull the info from this? Yeah, yeah. It, it's got to it's gotta be so easy to just let you type in a new name. I know. You know I don't know why profiles, they do that. Profiles can be out of control. Um, yeah. But they like it's a very nicely fleshed out multiplayer mode, even locally. It does yeah. the thing that's really very necessary for the Wii U, where one player can play on the game pad, and um, the other player can play on the TV, mm -hmm. which works pretty well. 
Um, well, this is coming from someone who didn't use the gamepad. No, the gamepad so. was working fine. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have any big problems with it. Uh, a couple of times it was slowing down a little bit, but that's it. Yeah, and I will say, too, like, I forgot. It's been a while since we played a first-person shooter on yeah. Wii U. And, God, I hate the way that gamepad feels for first-person shooters. Like It just feels a little off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was realizing, I don't know that I've played any first-person shooters on the Switch does yeah. that have the similar? I, I haven't either. I imagine. Yeah. I imagine it would have a similar problem. I think what happens with the Wii U is the sticks, since they're sort of convex mm. and they're fairly big, I find myself constantly having to reposition my thumb. Yeah, because I can't get it over the whole stick at once. Whereas, like a PlayStation Four controller, you're just right in the middle of the stick at all times. So yeah. I don't feel like I have to lift it up and move it. Yeah, it, that that's really the tough slot. And there's no rumble feature on that gamepad, which I think is a pretty huge deal for this type of game. Because I, I had to turn the volume on because playing that, like in making my shots and hearing only silence, was kind of throwing. And me off. that's kind of your immediate feedback is like you die so fast in this game that if someone is behind you and shoots you with one bullet, yeah. usually the way you're going to realize it is the controller rumbling. Right. And so you're like, shit, I need to get back. And so without that feedback, you'll just die before you even know what happened. For sure. Yeah, and, that's but kind you, of a problem. you can play with the pro controller. Mm. I think overall, like, there's not that much of a reason to play this on the Wii U. It came no. out later than the PlayStation versions. Um, that second screen functionality is cool, but yeah. uh, otherwise, there's like if you're playing the campaign mode, that second screen does nothing other than right. you could play you it can on see, that if you want. Well, it, it shows you the objectives, but like yeah. this is not a very objective based game. No, and, it's, um, and this, it'll, it'll point it out on screen anyway. You know, the big, but like uh, the game runs smooth. I didn't have any tech problems. Like it, fe I mean, it felt good and ran smooth. I it just, looks a little aged, but you know, it's a ten year old game. Sure. It's gonna you know, it's actually an eleven year old game. I think it came out in 2011 originally. So. And yeah, multiplayer, we just played some deathmatch, yeah. run around, shoot at each other. We definitely took a couple goes to actually figure out how to get bots in there. Yeah. Um, and then this also has the zombie mode. This has zombie mode. So zombie mode was uh, the really popular form in my house. Like when uh, I was living with my old roommate, like he was really, really into World of World at War and the zombies mode. And that one's pretty basic. You're in like an old uh, Night of the Living Dead style house. You need to board up windows and protect yourself. Uh, and you spend money to unlock new areas or unlock new weapons. Uh, it's a fun kind of horde mode style, wave after wave of zombies, uh, really enjoyable. And it's kind of just seeing how far you can get, how many levels yeah. you go. Here, it felt a little more confusing. Like, Well, they've definitely expanded it rather than because yeah. I feel like in that original World at War, it was just kind of like an arcade throwaway mode that turned out to be way more popular than they anticipated. Yeah, it was huge. And yeah. now they're like, oh, let's let's like expand this into a whole separate game. It, which it basically is. Yeah. yeah, it could be a standalone disc. Um, but the, the mode that we played, it dropped us into a street that was on fire. Yeah. And our characters just kind of kept constantly catching on fire. Yeah, which is made it hard to see. Yeah, it made it hard to see, made it hard to tell when you were taking damage from zombies and just kind of generally made it hard to tell what was going on. You weren't really putting up barriers anymore. You yeah. were just kind of trying to survive. And then enough. I think it also pit us against each other. Like we were on separate teams where we were both trying to survive against the zombies, but we also wanted to shoot each other. Yeah. Which was very confusing. I think the issue with a lot of this is because the same, you use the same multiplayer menu and interface, whether you're doing local or online yeah it just isn't configured in an intuitive way for local yeah yeah and so yeah that gets a little frustrating 
It definitely does, yeah. I'm sure if you took the time to actually, like, figure out the way this mode worked, that would be satisfying. There's also, you can play through the campaign co-op, which is another cool thing. No, it's nice. Um, So, like, even though... The, so you can't play this game online in the Wii U anymore. No. Which all, I'm sure even if you could, you, there'd be only one other person on there, and he would just be this strange, like, stoic Come man with a... play with me. Yeah, exactly, who just would instantly headshot you no matter where you were. <laughs> I've he been just, waiting for 10 years yeah, for someone to walk into my server. I memorized every spawn point on this map. <laughs> hey, I live here now. Yeah. I pay rent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is still an impressive enough amount of... Um, single-player content that if you really had that itchy trigger finger, there would be something here, especially yeah. considering this game's probably a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and so it does have that edge over a lot of other, like, shooters that we played on the Wii U that doesn't have any online functionality and doesn't have any way to play your multiplayer. Yeah. You can at least play your multiplayer here. Yep. Now, I think one thing that uh, makes the soldiers of Call of Duty such efficient and uh, uh, deadly killers is the fact that they have a smooth undercarriage to uh, you know keep them stealthy, to keep them moving through the low grass without drawing attention to themselves. It's very essential. And uh, I think you too can achieve that same level of tactical efficiency with Manscaped. Now, Manscaped provides a whole suite of products that you can use on your undercarriage, on those delicate areas that you might be neglecting. You know, uh, uh, Take care of it. Take care of yourself. Treat yourself. It's a joy. You should try it out. You can uh, uh, go to manscaped.com and you can find the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, it's one of the best trimmers I've ever used. It's so efficient. It works really well. It's got this cool, stylish design. Uh, I've been really excited about it. I also have the uh, Weed Whacker 2.0. It's a, a nose and ear hair trimmer. Very nice. Uh, you, you don't really re- recognize how uh, uh, freeing that feels to have those areas clean than when you try it out for yourself. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, different hygienic products like uh, uh, the Crop Reviver and the, and the Crop Preserver, you know, to help keep your balls kind of toned and firm and really nice looking. Uh, you know, it, it, there's all kinds of great stuff that you should be checking out. Uh, you can get the Performance Package, which includes all of these items, plus a really nice uh, leather bag that you can keep all of it in to help keep it nice and secure. So go to manscaped.com and use the promo code UNIVERSE. That's U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E. UNIVERSE, as in we universe. Use that promo code at checkout and you will get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. So that's right. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code UNIVERSE, and get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code UNIVERSE. Check it out. And thanks to everyone. Uh, let's move on to our next game, and that is Call of Duty Ghosts. It was released Ooh. November 5th, 2013, the spookiest day. It was developed by Infinity Ward and published by Activision and released on PS3, 360, PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. Mm. So this is the immediate follow-up to Cod Blops the Deuce, and <laughs> it is one of the few totally standalone entries in the entire franchise. It is not related to Modern Warfare or Black Ops or the original. It's just kind of its own deal. Activision was anticipating kind of lower sales with this entry because it came out during that odd transitional period between consoles. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, that that it did sell a little less than the last couple, but, uh, you know, it is still a pretty huge game, so, you know, it's always going to be big. Um, yeah, it, it uh, is still a massive hit. I think 18 million copies sold. Pretty great, yep. yeah. 
Um, so this game opens up in the far distant future year of 2017. <laughs> uh, and there's a fascistic movement called the Federation that has hijacked this uh, satellite weapon called Odin, and they've used it to destroy a bunch of uh, major American cities. And then we cut to 10 years later where the world is still embroiled in this war and the resistance is being led by the ghosts, uh, which is led by Elias Walker, who was played by Stephen Lang, another Avatar uh, cast member. And uh, he's bringing up his sons to kind of uh, uh, fight like he does. So you play as Logan Walker, his son, for most of it. And uh, you need to run around and kill everybody and stop a former member of the ghost team who's been uh, uh, brainwashed by the Federation and he's doing evil stuff. Logan Walker is like a uh, the stereotypical like quarterback of the yeah of the high school prom king, king name like super douchey yeah sorry to yeah. any Logan Walkers listening sorry don't take it first Chet Brinkley there's yeah. a new douchiest name I um guess. so the start whereas the Codblops two felt like um it Excuse really me, Codblops the Deuce oh yeah thank yeah, you proper title it really rushed us in and we're like oh what the hell's going on this game really has a cool intro couple of levels it really does it's you just are kind of walking around as logan and then like fire starts raining from the sky and it's like well what the hell is going on fracturing underneath yeah Yeah. and then it cuts and pans up way 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 up up, uh to the space station where you as an like you're just floating around as an astronaut and then uh evil astronauts in orange come in and just shoot your crewmates yeah and And then you see the weapon starting to launch and starting to take out cities and then your astronaut character sacrifices himself to destroy the satellite and kind of stop these attacks so like that is a call of duty thing they will drop you into another character who's like doomed for a level or two you know it's Uh, kind of a shame that like this felt like it went by so fast. Like mm. it was very cool, but it was just kind of a set piece tutorial. I would have had li- liked to see like that as its own kind of standalone level with a little more yeah. gameplay there. And I think we do get more outer space stuff later on in the game. Oh, like okay. I can't imagine they would introduce the outer space thing so early on and then never follow back up with it. I mean, you know? I don't know what else there is to do with it. Like yeah. everyone's exploded up there. I think there's but... a there's another weapon they want to use to like take out the Federation. Oh, so there's like sure. another satellite and they have to go up there. But, um but uh, I really noticed it in these these space scenes is that this game looks Pretty phenomenal yeah. uh, for a Wii U game. This might be the like the technically the best looking game we've played. One like, of them. certainly up there with Splinter Cell. It's is, uh it's a big improvement even just over the previous game from a year before. Yeah. You know, like it, it's a noticeable difference. Uh yeah, the game looks really great. And characters are bigger, it's a lot brighter. Yeah. Um, a lot of its environments. And so yeah, that is really cool. And then uh yeah, like you said, it flashes forward ten years and then you're just back in the same old Call of Duty gameplay. It does yeah. do the problem is, you know, you're living in a city that has been sort of ravaged by war for 10 years, and so you spend a lot of time navigating rubble. Uh-huh. And I've complained about this before. I'm sick of navigating rubble. Too much the, rubble. Yeah, yeah, too much rubble too in much games rubble. because what it the problem with it is it allows level designers to throw logic out the window in yes. terms of where you should go. They're like, oh, this door is sideways now. And so you're going to wander like over all this debris and then go under this door and then climb up a sideways ladder. And I'm just like, I can't logically follow 
what environments I'm supposed to. Be. And they're like, go into that house. I'm like, what house? It's just, there's just piles of wood everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, usually I find that they, frustrating. sometimes they'll have like a little pip on the screen or something to kind of tell you where you should be going. Yeah. And other times you just need to eyeball the other person you're with and follow them. But if you get separated, like you're kind of screwed. It's also just visually a lot less interesting. Like yeah. I want to, I want to see a city that like feels like it has businesses and mm-hmm. has life and like, something something going on there as yeah. opposed to just it's full of dirt yeah no i agree i agree uh the biggest addition of the gameplay this time around is riley he is your german shepherd buddy and he is the first non-human player character in the series i don't know if there are others i think there's one where you play as a robot for a little <laughs> bit uh, sure so i guess that would count but yeah riley uh every there are certain points where you can kind of switch to his perspective and really it's he's got a camera mounted on his back and that's okay. the perspective you're seeing but uh he can use his sense, uh, senses to locate enemies that are nearby. He can sneak up on people and take them out stealthily. And uh, he indicates when people are a threat. Uh, does and this, jumps on them and goes bark, bark. So does this game have a little more stealth emphasis than the last one? Yeah, a little bit more. Uh, still not too much. Like, stealth was a big element of, like, the early modern warfare games. And that did sort of fall off. I think people wanted twitchier kind of action. Right. But this one, uh, from what I've read, this is a longer campaign. It takes its time a little bit more with the story, mm-hmm. and it's much more self-contained. I think it does end in a cliffhanger, but it's never resolved. They oh, just that's never a little went back lame. To it. Yeah, I um, mean, I enjoyed just in the, the the time that we played. I was much more interested in where this story was gonna go because, yeah, like. I guess I prefer, like, here's this alternate sort of reality. It allows me to feel a little better about being engaged with going on, what's going on as sure. opposed to, like, hey, these are real, like, citizens of a real war that I'm just mowing down. To yeah, be you, like. br- you brought up Red Dawn, and I think yeah. that's, that's what this feels like. It's that kind of, like, uh, uh, not impossible scenarios, but, like, improbable enough to be silly and let you mm-hmm. have some fun with it. Yes, yeah. And, and I, I just think the presentation is noticeably more interesting. And a lot of that, too, is because, you know, Codblop's The Deuce um, mm-hmm. is is a sequel. So we were just thrown right in. But here, yeah. here it takes the time to be like, all right, we'll introduce you to these characters and the story. Yeah. And uh, instead of zombie mode this time, there's a mode called Extinction. And this time you are fighting aliens. And it's a little bit of a different structure. It's kind of a... It's sort of like enemy spawn nests, a la yeah. Gauntlet, and uh, you need to drop a drill next to it to destroy it. Sort of dig in under it. And, and then as the drill is working, you're getting attacked by a bunch of little worker aliens that are trying to stop you. Zerglings. Zerglings, yeah. Yeah, uh, so you just need to protect the drill. This, I mean... It's kind of all capture the flag, basically. It's like a, it's like a, a gradually king of the, hi- king king of the, of the hill. hill. Yeah, gradually escalating king of the hill, yeah. And maybe it was just because this set up a lot faster and more intuitively, but I thought this was more fun than the zombie mode. Yeah. Like, th- 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 I thought this mode worked quite well. No, it does. Um, I liked the mechanic of sort of you be the one to, like, set off the next horde attack by, like, all right, when do you want to lay this drill? Yeah. And um, as you kill enemies, you get more money, which you can use to buy weapons, and then you can spend skill points later to upgrade your character and give them different abilities yeah. and just increase your damage. It, like it that. doesn't feel quite as much of like a standalone game as the zombies mode did, which felt so dramatically different from call of duty. But, uh, this is, there's, I like that this was a little more simple, a little more straightforward and it had kind of an arcade style yeah. energy to it, which I enjoyed. I'm also, I'm curious where you stand on this. I, I find shooting zombie or shooting aliens to be more interesting than zombies. To me, yeah. zombies are kind of at the bottom 
of my things I'm in, I'm interested in shooting list. Yeah. Um, just because they're not, we just done it all before. It's been done. They have a real satisfying pop to them, but I feel like aliens can have a much bigger variety of design. And I'm sure as we would have gotten farther in this extinction mode, you get some weirder aliens. Yeah. Yeah. The the only drawback is you're like, wait, am I playing halo? What's going on here? Yeah. It's true that like zombies tend to be like, I, I, you get sometimes things like left for dead where they'll have like a different design of zombies or like a bigger, weirder zombie or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, it is just kind of that one standard design. Yeah. And it's just a variety. It's a, it's a matter of if they're fast or slow. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Alien's definitely more interesting. Um, multiplayer, again, uh, lots and lots and lots of options. Uh, we messed around a little bit with uh, a team deathmatch, and we <laughs> realized there's a pretty huge disparity between easy and regular yeah. when you're playing we with were, bots. Yeah, we were just mowing them down in the last one when we played an yeah. easy mode. We're like, hey, we're so good we're, at this Look game. at how good this is. Yeah. Yeah, look at how and dumb like, these bots All right, are. I'm going to set it to regular, Steve. I think we're ready. I think we got this. <laughs> and yeah. then we stupidly set uh, a team of us of two, one team and 11 bots on the other team. Yeah, we're like, but, how is this 70 to 2? Yeah. Like, how is this happening? Uh, and, they, yeah. and they were just absolutely devastating. us. And then even when we restarted and rebounded, balance the teams and put some friendly bots on our squad we were still getting our asses just yeah. handed to us like uh uh and because you die so quickly you know it's just it, there was a lot of frustrated grunting yeah we were just like argh, argh, and argh. that's the thing and that's why i remembered why i have so much trouble with these games and online games particularly mm-hmm. is i just feel like I get into a uh, situation of trying to chase kind of like that very brief feeling mm-hmm. of victory as opposed to actually having fun engaging with it. Yeah. It was what I really like what made me stop playing League of Legends is like I'm not having any fun no. unless I win. Yeah. And then even if that happens, all I want to do is chase another win. Yeah. And so it's like here, even if I say, all right, I'm really going to try to get call good at Call of Duty, like it, it, it's it's sort of recognizing when like all right this is just like feeding a compulsion to like get that very brief high of getting that sweet shot yeah um or trying to shake off getting shot in the back versus like hey i'm actually like interested and engaged and having fun with what i'm doing yeah I, yeah i mean maybe we just chose a bad level that was too spread out and too you know too many uh places for people oh to get no up i i don't, I, th- don't th- I don't think so yeah i would say you know I'd, I'd like to just I'm, like lessen our suckitude a little bit yeah can, no that but, would uh, that would be the dream but i'm sure those regular bots are not are, are worse than most people who play online yeah yeah uh, you know, I think of the two of these, like I would probably go back to Ghosts before yeah. I would go back to uh, uh, Cobblops the Deuce. Um, I think, yeah, I, I like the more standalone story. I, I think I was a little bit more invested in what was going on. I understood what was going on a little more clearly. Yeah. And it, it wasn't quite as distracting having all these like big name celebrities. Uh, you know, not that Stephen Lang isn't a big name, you know. <laughs> yeah. He, he was in Don't Breathe. He's very good <laughs> in that. Uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, I, th- I think this was the one I would go back to. Yeah, I, I didn't really how I mean, it's very it's always tempting when a game is the biggest thing in history to be like, well, really, it's not that great. Um, but there's very few complaints I can have about this game. Like, yeah, I think the yeah. things that I find frustrating about it are built into the kind of game that it is. Yeah, and really. 
I, even I get annoyed just sort of getting mowed down instantly, but I acknowledge I think that's what makes this series special and yeah. what keeps people coming back to it and is it, that window of success and timing is so the the, the razor thin line between failure and victory. Yeah, right. and and we should say too, like while there's not necessarily a, a great reason to play these on the Wii U, it's like they're not. It's not a bad option. No, like these look as good as their console other console counterparts uh and uh they, they play just fine yeah there's like, definitely some noticeable like pop in of like yeah. environments and plants as you run around and maybe like a very tiny little bit of frame hiccup but, but not enough that it really matters no and it's not like on with the wii generation like where you kind of knew you know those call of duty games on the wii sold really well but i think you also kind of acknowledge these are different experiences yeah. you know they're going to be much more toned down than what you'd get on the PlayStation 3. Uh, and that's not really the case here. So, yeah. like, there's not... Yeah, like, it's not necessarily calling out to be played on this console, but if that's your option, this is not a bad way to go. Yeah, well, and especially because for any of for any of these games, regardless of the console, your online multiplayer is going to be dead. Mm -hmm. And so having that second screen option, um, I think, to play through some of the campaigns would be a fun way to do it. Absolutely. Like, I would, in that regard, I would pick it over some of the other console versions, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about either of these Call of Duties or Activision? Give me some of your money. Give us you have enough money. of it. There's so much money. Yeah, why don't you share it? You know, they could easily just give us like fifty thousand dollars and probably not even think about I know. it. They're just like, it's here you so, go. Guys. It's so sad. Every I guess they don't want to set the precedent. Every but time we like I'm near a rich person, I'm like, you know, you could just <laughs> Give me like fifty thousand dollars. It would mean like, nothing to you, yeah, and it would exactly. change my. Not life. that I hang out with a lot of rich people, no, but like it's very hard not to want to ask. Right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So rich people out there, uh, give us fifty thousand dollars each. Yeah, subscribe to our fifty thousand dollar Patreon tier, <laughs> where uh, we do things that I can't mention on air. <laughs> we do unspeakable things. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, where would you like to rank these games? Well, that's an excellent question, Stephen. I thought so. Yeah. I thought Wait, so. Funny you should think of that. Yeah, it just came the, to me. Yeah, the thing that we do every week. <laughs> um, I like to, I mean, I don't know. I had no problems with these games. That's kind of where I'm coming from, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that I liked them, but I would happily go back and play Ghosts if someone's like, eh, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, I think I'm putting them at, no, I think it's number 30. I'm putting them... Even though I did prefer Ghost substantially, I think that it's similar enough to uh, Cod Blops the Deuce mm -hmm. that I'm just putting them right next to each other. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm putting them behind the Amazing Spider-Man games okay. and ahead of Axiom Verge. That's a good little pocket but, in there. So you're going Ghost first and Cod Blops yeah. the Deuce. Yeah, that's my ranking as well. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right in the same boat as you. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with these games they're pretty fun i mean i know they are very jingoistic and uh maybe have some unnecessarily uh uh, uh whitewash things to say about right. the military but that's uh, that's kind of unavoidable it's kind of built into this what this is you know and as long as you kind of take it uh with a grain of salt it's pretty goofy fun you know so uh in that regard i think it's uh i, th I think i'm gonna put this directly below need for speed most wanted you and right above funky barn funky yeah. barn yeah. funky 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 barn all right so that is uh that's uh, that's uh, the the mid 20s is where i'm putting those so that's a uh, middle 20, endorsement 20, 27, for the most popular games on earth yes <laughs> like, it doesn't need us yeah. to to uh, like finally the, maybe that'll give it yeah. it'll give it the bump that it needs to really take off i think that's what it needed i think yeah. this thing's going to make it steve i uh, here's hoping fingers yeah, with crossed with that we universe bump good for you guys all right everybody well uh we are going to see you next week when we are playing D 
different games than this. What are those games? I wonder. Let me look at the list. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Don't plan ahead very well. Yeah. Wait, fill time, fill time. No, uh, I like your house of uh, horror puzzle you have over there, thank Steve. You. That That's, looks like a thrilling time. It's going to be a How fun you going one. How's your phone going? Are you almost there? I'm there. I'm there. Okay. I'm there. Next week, we are doing a double dose of game shows. That's Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy. We're checking in with how the series has evolved and uh, how if it's more fun to play on the uh, Wii U than it is on the N64. I'm oh, yeah. curious. I'm I, Actually, I, I don't have an opinion on this. I don't know if they'll be better or well, not. That's good. I mean, that's the heart of the scientific method, Steve. Oh, yeah. If you come in with a pre-opinion, then you might as well throw your findings out the window. Yeah. And yeah. we are nothing if not scientific. Oh, we are definitely incredibly scientific. So uh, tune in next week for that. Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, uh, and uh, no more Call of Duty. We we answered the call. Yeah, we answered it. It's been it's been dutied. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we better hang up because I had to go answer a Call of Duty of my own. Hey, so. hey, he's talking about poop. All right, everybody. See you later.